Tell me what you were, what you really, really want, what you, what you, tell me what you really, 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 really want. I forgot we we're going live, live, but it is what it is. Welcome to another episode of the Music City Drive-In, brought to you by the Drive-In Podcast Network. I am your host, Ricky Valera. On today's episode, Jacob and I are going to sit down and kind of give you guys a little bit of a fall preview slash Oscar preview. Jacob has his forthcoming latest edition of his 2022 predictions dropping very, very soon. So as always, I'm joined here by my partner here, Jacob. How are you, bud? Uh, I'm doing good. Um, you know, like Ricky said, I've got my predictions coming out soon. I'm ready to get roasted in the comments for some of them. But, um, I mean, it's just, it's literally September is what basically starts the award season. So it's still early predictions of tons of movies that we haven't seen. And so why not? Why not get a little more creative with this one, you know? Yeah, for sure. And, and that's kind of what we're going to do is is I talked to Jacob a little bit about it. We're going to kind of hone in on some of the movies coming out over the next couple weeks, months, obviously through the end of the year that you should have your eye on, obviously, because, you know, these are the films that you're going to want to know come Oscar time. Right around the corner, you're looking at movies like The Card Counter on the 10th. You're looking at uh, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, which is a big one. Um, and then Dear Evan Hansen are really the three big movies of September that really kind of um, have Oscar people like us really have their eyes in on it, right? So I'm kind of on board. Obviously, you know, you're you're the president of the Dear Evan Hansen fan club. So that's that is what that is. And you'll talk about that in a minute. But I'm really excited about the eyes of Tammy Faye. I've heard it's really good. But um, I've heard the car counter is good, but it's not going to be exactly uh, awards heavy. But with that being said, Mr. President, would you like to speak about dear Mr. Evan Henson? Yeah, no, sorry, the fucking dog here just went crazy. Um, yeah, no, I I think a lot of people are really sleeping on dear Evan Hansen. I get like I get everything. I get the like old jokes. I get that. Um, you know, it's a little bit, uh, it looks a little bit older or whatever. Like I get all that, but like what's undeniable is the performances, which are absolutely like unreal and they were unreal. And that's why they won so many Tonys. That's why they won the Tony for like musical and everything, you know, Ben Platt won the Tony for actor. I think he's still the youngest, um, actor winner who's won like solo, um, and, you know, Julianne Moore's character, she didn't, she wasn't in the musical, but her character won the Tony as well. And so I think there's, there's a lot of potential there if done right. And that's the biggest thing. It's if done right. But I do know that a lot of the issues that people had with the musical and some of those kind of stuff are being touched on when it comes to the movie. So I think like a lot of people are kind of sleeping on it, but they don't realize the power of the, um, like the potential of like name recognition and how, I mean, this movie is going to do insane numbers at the box office. I like, I really do believe that this movie will, you know, whether good or bad, I think it will do very well at the box office because it's one of those like crowd pleaser type of movies. It's one of those, you know, movies to where everyone will go and they'll feel something and they'll cry and they'll, you know, they'll enjoy it. 
whether or not critics love it or not, I feel audiences are going to, you know, really fawn over it. And I think that a lot of Academy people could, you know, really love the performances. I think a lot of Academy people probably really loved the musical when the musical was out. And so that's kind of my thoughts on there. I understand a lot of people being a little hesitant on it, but I do think that there is a really good shot if, and this again, a big, if the movie is good. Yeah. It's, it's got a lot of love from a lot of different people. And then it's got a lot of hate from other people. And, and it is, it, a lot of it does stem from the whole, you know, what does he look like scenarios, which is kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. There's funny aspects of it, but I'm also tired of opening TikTok and seeing ads for it. So TikTok, if you could please hone in on those ads, please, I'd really greatly appreciate it. But the biggest thing that Ben said that I kind of agree with um, was that he was like, I can take all the, you know, all the criticism about my looks. Like there's nothing I can change about my looks, but nobody is like critiquing his performance or his voice. And that's like the two biggest parts of the um, two biggest parts of the play. And of course it's, you know, I'm president of the fan club. So I've been doing tons of research and I know that like Caitlin Dever and um, Ben Platt said that there were days where his, he would just come home just like face puffy red, just from crying all day. And I mean, you know, just as well as I do, the Oscars love tears and they love crying moments and they love emotional moments like that. So I do think there's a better shot than not, at least at yeah. this moment. And I think people forget if it's a crowd pleaser, the Oscars, you know what I mean? A lot of that branch is going to love that as well because they love some good crowd pleasers. Especially um, in a year of 10 and in a year that after last year, they're probably going to want more people to watch. And it's like, what better way to get people to watch than – you know, box office hits and stuff. Yeah, like last that. year there was a lot of miserable f- films, like tone, tonally wise, miserable films that were nominated. And I think that was one of the reason, big reasons why, which there's a lot of miserable tone films coming out as well. But I think that's why movies like uh, Don't Look Up are going to play well as well, because um, I- I'm sure it's going to be that Adam McKay mixture of very serious, but also kind of tongue in cheek kind of movie. But mm-hmm. moving into October, you know, we have some films that, you know, that look interesting. Titan's one of those films. Um, what what will this James Bond do? There's a lot of hype around that film, which rightfully so. I'm a big fan of the Bond franchise, but could this be finally the time that Bond... <laughs> could this be finally the time that Bond gets some love from the Oscars? Like, big-time love from the Oscars. Um, you got Lamb. And then, of course, the one movie that we'll touch on in just a few minutes that we finally got the first trailer for... Um, the Last Duel, which I've seen the trailer for now 42 times because of being in a theater. And I don't understand like why anybody really feel like watches the trailer and thinks that this is going to be a good movie. I could be completely wrong. I've been wrong before about trailers looking bad. Of course, we have Dune, which we will see the first reactions of that film in the very, very near future. Uh, we got the, uh, the animated Ron's Gone Wrong, the French Dispatch, and of course, The Last Night in Soho. Um, the big film that I want to highlight right off the back is Mass. Uh, we've both seen this film. I saw it twice in a 24-hour period. It's one of the films that I saw it. We both saw it Sundance, and I have not not thought about that at least once a day for the past nine months, like almost almost nine months now. It'll be almost ten months to the day of whenever it comes out, like ten months time frame of when it come out from the last time that we saw it and. 
I'm ready to be absolutely emotionally wrecked by this film again. What about you? Oh yeah, no, I agree. I, um, I have gone on record saying like, it's the most emotionally draining movie I've ever seen just because of how it's shot and how it's all set up just in that one room. It's very claustrophobic. You're kind of stuck as like a fly on the wall in the situation where it's like, you want to see what's happening, but you also don't think you're should be seeing what's happening. And it's just kind of one of those things where um, I think it could potentially be one of the most important movies of the year. If, you know, if, and this is a big, if bleaker street gives it kind of the right push and makes it wide and lets people see it. Um, I think this is something to where I think word of mouth could really help carry it where like, you know, someone goes to see it and they say, Oh my God, like, I saw mass. It's super important. It's super relevant. More people get to see it, stuff like that. And so, yeah, so I think, I think mass has a really good shot when it comes to awards. Um, and I think it has a really good shot when it comes to general audiences. It's just kind of like the whole, how, how are people going to take it and how is Bleecker street actually going to push it? The funny thing about it was I was talking, we, we just talked about the positivity, the uplifting story of, of dear Evan Hansen. And then we go to a very, <laughs> yeah, very, very somber somber it's it's crazy when you take the lives of of two parents and you're looking at both sides of a of a school shooting it's mm -hmm. it's i think it's going to be a very dis divisive film when it comes out because of what comes with gun control conversations but the one thing that i did I did appreciate about the film. It didn't get super political. It, it does in certain aspects, but I really don't feel like that was the forefront of the conversation. It does, does get brought up. Um, I've been on record and I know you're on record with a lot of this film as well, but and downed it, it should be right now. And this is the thing that what mm -hmm. we can really preach about this film is we've seen this film. This is one of those, you know, a lot of these other films, the dear Evan Hansen's the nightmare alleys, the, the rest of the slate that we're going to talk about, we really haven't seen yet, but this is the one that we really can, you know, throw a home run around. I think Frank Kranz, I really do feel like his screenplay, you know, I, I'm not the one thing that I'm not enamored by the direction. I thought it was good, right? The direction mm -hmm. is good, but I also feel like it's very simplistic in a way. I really don't feel like that's a, a an avenue of which we could really kind of hone in on, but the screenplay though, I love to read the screenplay, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. I'd, I'd love to kind of dissect that because it's 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 got powerful moments in between. Like the whole, the whole film's powerful, but there's certain moments that I would, you watch and you kind of try to highlight in your head that like, it's just, it's, it's a mind blowing movie. It really is. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think it's like you said, like the screenplay, it's, and just the nature of what this film is, it's got really those powerful moments, but it also has like, people speaking over each other and it's got like back and forth dialogue. Like I would, like you said, I would really love to see how he like formats the entire screenplay. If you've got, if he's got like, you know, multiple people speaking at once. I mean, it's for some of it, it's just like yelling fest. It's a build and build and build. Um, and there's never really that release. I do like uh, that. You said, you know, it's not political and it like, it's interesting because it does toe the line with being political, but then it like, it really does give you both sides. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to like spoil anything, but it brings up the whole idea of video games 
and it has one person who's like it has one of the two members who is really harping on like violent video games and then it kind of gives you like both aspects of that just in itself and i do think i think you know like you said and dowd i think as of right now she's my winner i think she actually has the best shot of like making it through the season and winning in the end um Jason Isaacs, I do have in my top five. Uh, I don't have him as winning right now, but I, I think he could. You know, I think if he gets enough love behind him, I think there's definitely a shot for him um, when yeah. I guess March comes. Yeah, it's really, it's really interesting. I think it, the, this one more than anything is how the film's perceived is going to be one of those. Um, like, how does the how does the Academy watch this, and do they watch it? Right, you know what mm-hmm. I mean, like. A lot of the films we heard that last year, there were certain films that they didn't watch or they might not have watched. Or, and like I said, this tone is it's rough. It's very rough. But I'm hoping that that the Academy does the right thing and watches the damn thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, um, I, real, I agree. Real quick before we move on, where do you have mass placed in some of those top categories right now? So right now I still have – I still personally have mass as a fringe or like one of the lower uh, like seven, eight, nine – um of best picture i have it in supporting actor and actress and i have it in screenplay i think if anything i think the acting i really do think jason isaacs and ann dowd especially ann dowd should be just like that should just be a no-brainer they should be in um the screenplay it really just depends. I don't think there's much chance for director, even though I, I personally love the direction. I think it could have easily been a very play-esque type of movie where it like felt like a you know a one-act play. Um, but it really did still feel cinematic. Um, and I think ultimately it has enough going for it to take it into picture, but it really is just all depends on how Bleecker Street um, pushes it, you know, but you see in the first trailer, they really are pushing like the awards aspect of it, which is nice. Yeah, the first trailer is something you and I talked about a hundred times. I was terrified. I didn't want them to so show too much, but I wanted them to give enough away about the film to really highlight it. And and we've talked about this before, the importance of film festivals, because all you see throughout this trailer in between these moments is highlights of of, of the accolades that the movie received once it was released at, at Sundance. Like it, it was... It's a film that that was loved by, I'd say, 95% of the individuals that saw the film at the festival. Um, Dune, I really don't... I mean, we could talk about Dune, but I'd, I'd rather not. I mean, Dune's Dune. It's going to be one of those films that I, I really feel like... It, of the year. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's going to be visually cool. I'm sure the direction's going to be good because I love Villanueva. But I just really find it hard to really consider this as a strong, strong, strong contender. A, for its runtime, okay? That's going to be a struggle for a lot of individuals. And B, I just, I don't know. Uh, Villanueva also doesn't have a really great track record with the Oscars. But mm-hmm. um, but with that being said, we got Last Night in Soho. Transitioning into November, um, we've got some we've got some powerhouses in November. You got Tick Tick Boom, you've got King Richard, you've got Passing, you've got Spencer, which is the talk of the town right now. You got Eternals, which I feel like is is a moot point of even 
consider talking about it. And then, of course, we've got the one that I'm looking forward to, and that's Soggy Bottoms. But that's just for different reasons because we need to get Bradley Cooper a damn Oscar already. So mm-hmm. um, November's a massive month, right? Yeah, no, I absolutely. I think um, I think November is when you start, especially since a lot of movies were pushed back from last year to this year. I think that last week of October uh, into November is going to be like every week there's going to be multiple um, awards films released and probably multiple awards films released like in theaters. Like it's going to be, um, it's going to be insane, honestly. And then you've got movies like Spencer uh, that have, you know, pushed themselves as theaters only. So it is going to be interesting how some of those kind of like come out and start to um, start to really make their name for themselves. Um, yeah. Because if you look at movies like not diving too far already into like December, but like films like Don't Look Up, getting theatrical releases like a week ahead of time is going to be interesting to see how that plays. But Netflix really is playing the cards, which they kind of have to in some aspects. You know, Power of the Dog, some of these other big time films are really going to get these theatrical releases for obvious reasons, considering they want to get some of them eligible for the Oscars, even though I think that rides the fine line. But for me, I look at, obviously, we look at the standout in Spencer. Oh, can Kristen Stewart um, kind of hone in? Yeah, I know. I froze for a second. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're good. Okay. I froze for a second. I know it's like froze for a second. But can Kristen Stewart kind of reel herself in, get that first Oscar nomination, which it's unless the movie's bad, unless the movie's bad, I I foresee that one as as at least a lock in the five. Um, But the one that I'm really looking forward to the most is uh, King Richard. I really feel like this could really be Will Smith's run. Um, we've talked about it a little bit with his campaigning around uh, you know, social media already before the movie's way long before the movie's even coming out. But I'm excited for it because the film does look good. I'm excited about King Richard. I'm excited, I'm excited about Spencer. And I really feel like those two really kind of have some Oscar play to them. And I know you're very excited about The Power of the Dog. Yeah, I, you know, I'm, I think the power of the dog is going to be super interesting. I've been looking into the, um, I've never read the book, but I've been looking into the book a little bit. And I think right now I do have Will Smith as the winner um, for everything you said, you know, his campaign has already begun. He has his first ever stand up special coming in the fall and he is trying to put himself in front of people in such a way that, um, you know, he hasn't really ever done for like a movie like this before. Um, but The Power of the Dog, I think Benedict Cumberbatch has the best chance to beat him because what I've heard is he like the character he plays is the most like vile, despicable, just evil person ever. And if Benedict Cumberbatch can pull off something that like that insane sort of like um not messy but like just like that insane you know really like uh kind of like joker-esque not saying it is joker but like that kind of like insane performance i think that that could be the biggest um the biggest deter for will smith to get that oscar yeah i agree as well reading up about that as well it's it's gotten a lot of love you know what i mean it's got a lot of love and seeing that 
that potential that the you know that has a potential of, of going a long way, and I'm interested to see it too because and then of course obviously you know I my out of sight out of mind here obviously of course I mean obviously I'm excited about Soggy Bottoms, but that's I mean I could talk about that movie until I'm blue in the face. I mean you've got. Uh, you got a star-studded cast. You've got a star-studded. You got the director of all directors. You know what I mean? You, I, I it, it kind of blows my mind to even think about that. We we haven't seen a Paul Thomas Anderson, you know, director win. You know what I mean? Looking at your, yeah, we haven't seen a Paul Thomas Anderson win at all. Yeah, exactly. And and this could this be finally the year? I mean, and and I mean, I'm all for it. I'm a PTA fan, obviously. Personally. I'd love to see, you know, Bradley go ahead and win himself an Oscar this year. I want it all to happen. You know what I mean? I want mm-hmm. everything that I want to happen to happen this year. <laughs> period. End of story. Okay. I want this to be my Oscars this year. But there's a lot of a lot of things happening, a lot of things in play, you know, transitioning over into that that December time frame. Like we mentioned already, you got the you got uh you got the don't look ups, you know, of the world. That's gonna be massive. Um, you've got the Hallmark movie, a journal for Jordan. You've got <laughs> You got the lost daughter, West Side Story, which the West Side Story one is going to be so intriguing. It's the most, I think personally, it's the most intriguing Oscar film that we've got this year. And I don't mean, I don't mean it by the aspect of whether or not it's going to be a big, uh, you know, a rage success or if it's even going to be good. I just, Mm -hmm. you have one of the most creative innovative directors of all of our time and and one of the best in our time taking Mm -hmm. on a story that a lot of people love and giving his spin but then of course we you always have to factor in the back pocket is is we have the ansel elgort situation i think we won't see him at all i i would if they were smart we would not see him at all not at the premiere not promoting the movie I, I think that he's just going to be DOA on the film, but him being in the film is going to have some detractors already. But I think that this this film has the potential to probably have some of the most nominees of any film, or it might just fall flat on its face, right? Yeah, no, for sure. And you've already seen that, like with the first posters, with the first trailers. Like they've been trying to stay away. Um, you know, they show. Ansel because his character is one of the most important characters in the movie but they've kept away from you know putting his name on the trailers or on the posters or on anything um, which I think you know shows that they are willing to kind of push him away like push him and the film away from each other um, but yeah I do think West Side Story is really interesting it's a movie that you know won Best Picture won so many Oscars and is being remade and it's like you know a lot of people consider the original west side story to be one of the best just musicals of all time and it's like how are you going to like what are you going to do to add on to something that's already perfect if you kind of like remake the same thing then it gets boring if you go too off the rails then it's not the same thing so it's like i i if if it wasn't spielberg involved i would be way less um intrigued about it Oh yeah, 100%. Uh, I mean that's just he he brings a whole nother level of intrigue to the film. But yeah, but what uh what I'm really excited for is that week before, that December 3rd, when we get Nightmare Alley, which could be, you know, a huge player for Guillermo del Toro, a massive cast. You know, you got Rooney Mara, Willem Dafoe, uh Bradley Cooper, Kate Blanchett, 
um, Tony Collette, like a huge cast of all people who could get uh, nominations. And then you've also got Flea, which has literally just been taking like the world by storm at film festivals. A lot of people are saying it's going to be the first documentary um, nominated for Best Picture, you know, and it's got it's already basically locked up international feature and um, animated feature, at least nominations. And so it could be the first documentary nominated for best picture. It would also be an animated uh, feature nominated for best picture. And it would be a foreign feature nominated for best picture, which is like that whole trifecta is already insane. And so you have to start thinking, I mean, is it likely? No, but you have to start thinking like maybe you could get director nom with that, you know, with a movie that getting that much stuff, people are going to like love it that much. Um, but then you've also got the hand of God, which comes out that same day on Netflix, which looks, I mean, if you've seen the trailer, it looks like it's probably going to be the most beautiful film of the entire year. And it's supposed to be a very personal movie. And I know a lot of people have, um, Paolo Sorrentino, uh, I think that's how you say his name. I know people, a lot of people have the director in their top, you know, like three to five for, um, for best director. And I think that could be a big telling of how, you know, a lot of the award season is going to go, especially with the international films. Cause you know, you know, the past few years we get that kind of international director slotted into the best director spot. And a lot of people are thinking maybe that could be the hand of God this year. So I think that week's going to be really interesting having all of flea nightmare alley and the hand of God release. Yeah. And I, I completely skipped over a movie and I, I didn't mean to my apologies. It wasn't on my list and Jacob didn't fix it. I'm going to blame him, but obviously we didn't get around to talk about house of Gucci. Um, I thought you were going to see Spider-Man. Um, yeah. <laughs> Spider-Man. Yeah. That's going to be an Oscar winner. Yeah. Just like Cherry was. Um, all right. So with that being said, um, House of Gucci, we, we'd be stupid not to talk about it. Driver, you know, Gaga, both in the mix to really kind of highlight themselves. And of course, we'd be crazy not to talk about this guy entering the fray of the Oscar season as well. Jarrett Leto is back in the conversation, potentially. You know, Ridley Scott's directing it. Ridley Scott's got, you know, two films releasing with what? Within a couple weeks of each other, mm -hmm. I think it is? Oh, no, with a month each other. Sorry, month. A uh, month of each other because he's got the, what the last duel, I think it is, right? Yep. So with that, it's going to be interesting. I think that, you know, Gaga is, is she showed what she can do, you know, on the big screen. And we know what Adam Driver can do. I like the idea of those two being together on the big screen. It, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, how do you, what are your thoughts on House of Gucci and where do you got it right now? Um, from what I've heard, it's going to be, and this is just what I've heard, you know, a while ago, but it's going to be a lot like at least similar in narrative structure to something like the big short. And I think that's a very fine line to kind of touch with all those, with the fourth wall breaks. Um, and those kind of like weaving in and out of storylines. I think if it hits, I think it'll hit very well. And I think Gaga's got a fantastic uh, shot to be nominated and potentially win. And I think in that trailer, it really highlighted her as an actress. And I do think that there's a great chance for her. Um, Adam Driver, my thing is what 
because I assume the movie is going to be told from Lady Gaga's point of view for the most part. So my thing with Adam Driver is how much of the movie is he actually going to be in and how much of the movie is he going to get like a real time to shine. Um, that's my that's my biggest thing with Adam Driver, and I'm really interested to see how that goes. But yeah, like you said, uh, Jared Leto loves prosthetics, and he is makeuped up for this one. Um, and I think you know, I think you know, we talk about Jared Leto. He he's a fine actor. You know, he has an Oscar win. He almost got in the race last year for probably one of the worst movies of this year. And he still, you know, we, we say, oh, they were wrong, but it's, I mean, he was nominated for SAG. So it wasn't just the Golden Globes that gave him that nomination. Um, and so, I mean, it's undeniable to think that for some reason, the Academy likes him for some reason, the actors branch likes him. And for some reason uh, he's going to be in this race. And, you know, then you've also got Al Pacino, you've got, uh, I think Salma Hayek's in it. So it's like the, the whole cast is just massive um, in terms of like who is actually going to get the nominations from this movie, who's going to get the love from this movie, how much are these people actually going to be in the movie. Um, I'm I'm super excited for this one, honestly. Yeah, I am as well. I think there's a lot of potential behind it and it's going to be interesting. So, all right. So before we go, I want you on the, on the big, the big six, give me your winner and runner up right now in all the six. And folks, if you want to check out the rest of the article, Jacob should have it up here in the next couple of days or so, and he'll have his first predictions out and then he'll update those once a month. Um, and you'll be able to check those out over at the music city drive-in hit me with them. Uh, so for picture, my winner soggy bottom, my runner up is the power of the dog. Um, I really like The Power of the Dog as a movie, and I really think that it has a good shot, but it's got Netflix with it. And Netflix couldn't win last year, probably one of the most Netflixy years that they've ever had. Um, so I'm really interested. And you, we see already they've pushed the date back to December. So I think they know what they have, uh, but I still have Soggy Bottom winning. For director, Paul Thomas Anderson for Soggy Bottom. Um the runner-up right now, I have Adam McKay for Don't Look Up. McKay's been nominated uh, both of his last movies. And so it's, I mean, it's hard to just look at it and be like, oh, Adam McKay from, you know, from all the, the Will Ferrell comedies and not realize that this Adam McKay is a different Adam McKay. And so I have him as the runner-up. Um, actor, I've got Will Smith for King Richard. I think he finally gets his time up on, um, up on the stage. Next up, I've been at it Cumberbatch for The Power of the Dog for, you know, everything I said earlier. Uh, actress, I have Lady Gaga for House of Gucci. And then my runner-up right now, I have Jessica Chastain. I want to put Kristen Stewart there, but I still feel like the Twilight, like, lore is still hanging over her a little bit. And I am interested to see how people kind of really look at her especially general audiences because general audiences haven't seen you know personal shopper they haven't seen all those movies they've seen twilight and then they saw charlie's angels and they said okay this is Kristen stewart so i'm interested in that uh supporting actor i've got bradley cooper right now and then my um my runner-up i have jason isaacs with richard jenkins very close uh, richard jenkins that's another nightmare alley um he has nightmare alley and the humans 
which Ricky and I will get to see at the Nashville Film Festival, which both really excited for. Um, but I think that's kind of the top three right now. Uh, supporting actress, I've got Anne Dowd for Mass. And then right behind her, I've got Rooney Mara for Nightmare Alley. Um, Frances McDormand, I do have in my five right now. So it's kind of undeniable to think that she could win just because she's won so many times already. Um, but for right now, I do have Anne Dowd and then Rooney Mara. Uh, screenplay, I do have Soggy Bottom with Mass right behind. I think Mass is, it, as of right now, it's one of the best, it's the best screenplay I've watched all year. And I think if people latch onto it how I think they should, it would have a good shot. And then for adapted screenplay, I have Dune winning. I don't think it's going to. I'm probably going to change this by the time October comes around. But, you know, my reasoning is the book's been labeled unadaptable. If the film works, the screenplay has to work. If they somehow find out how to adapt all the nuances, all the political, like, devices and everything into the movie, I think it will be perfectly fine. I think it will could lend itself to a win but more than likely i think the power of the dog has the best shot um that's my runner-up as of now and that is my top uh i guess i did eight my bad hey it is what it is you could you know you can do whatever you want to do no i uh i'm interested to kind of see how it kind of unfolds we do have some big oscar worthy movies playing at some festivals over the course of the next couple of weeks so we'll get a good pulse on it. So by the time October comes around, some of these films that we're talking about right now that have not be have not been seen will be seen by more individuals. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what we can do on that. We will be back next month to do these. Um, we'll probably do one of these in October and then November, December. We're probably going to do one of these either biweekly or weekly. Um, you could check out a lot of information over at the Music City Drive-In. We have a couple of festivals that we're attending ourselves over the next couple of months, um, obviously with screeners in play. And then, of course, with the North American Film Critic Association plus the Music City Film Critic Association, Jacob and I will have our hands on a lot of different Oscar-worthy films. So you're going to want to stay up to date with that. Follow Jacob on Twitter at tberry57. Give myself a follow at Blair underscore. Uh, we appreciate the continued support of the website. Um, we are going full circle into our, what, second? Uh, is it no, third, third award season. Sorry, third award season. So this is Yeah, a, third award season coverage. It'll be our second um, with the site. Yeah, so it's our third, you know, third website, our third year going into the Oscars and then uh, obviously the second for the Music City Drive-In as a collective whole, but it's been a lot of fun, and I look forward to really spending the next, you know, three months, hopefully, inside a lot of movie theaters, if not sitting at our houses watching a lot of screeners. So, as always, thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you guys later.